Did you ever have to do a scene hooking up with another girl or her have to do a scene hooking up with a guy? Absolutely. What was that like? Is there arguments? The jealousy and the envy and the fear of losing someone to somebody maybe with a, a bigger dick or like, you know, better abs or yeah. better eyes. Better they, kisser. Yeah, better kisser or they have more followers or yep. like they're more famous than me. And I was like, at, the, at that time, I was nobody, realistically. Yeah. I was just, I was just a guy. I was just a guy that had just, So you're talking about her then. She had to do a scene. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's and, cool that you're admitting it and owning up to it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like it, getting away from jealousy and all that stuff is a, it's just a massive process. Welcome into the podcast episode 19 of Living Large. It is 2019 and this is the first episode in 2019, episode 19, and I couldn't be more honored to have my guest, Pearson Foday. Ooh, Faudet. The French call it Faudet. Oui, oui, it's the accent aigu. Oui, 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 oui. oui, oui. I, I actually speak fluent French. Do you? No. Oh. A cigarette. Uh, I probably offended somebody. That's fine. We're starting <laughs> off the year right. Yeah, we're starting Cheers, off good. Cheers. Way. We got our sparkling water. Ooh, we're Upon so request, yes. That's what the French drink. Mm. It tastes delicious. I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show. We Thank actually you. just met. Yes. A couple months ago. Yeah. At a screening, a at premiere. a screening, and then we went to an escape room, and we we won. I mean, we we did win. We, we survived. Dominated. We we escaped. I wouldn't say we survived. I would say we won. It was like yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a big win because that was the hardest room that they have. Did you see in the news that there was like a fire at an escape room and people died? No. Yeah. That's awful. Way to bring 2019 down to the bottom. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. Wow. But imagine that could have been us being in an escape room trying to escape, and then a fire breaks out. What would you do? I would uh, finish the puzzle finish and the puzzle? escape the room. <laughs> you got to take it yeah, like you yeah. can. Man. <laughs> There's no escaping the room until you've escaped the room. That's why it's an escape room. Have you seen the room? Um, <clears throat> excuse me while I uh, burp up my sparkling <laughs> water. <laughs> Have you seen the movie The Room? Wait, the one with uh, Brie Larson? Or? No, no, no. That's a good one, yeah, with Jacob Tremblay. We're talking... We're talking about the room. The room. Like, with, I did not hit uh, her. I, I did, did not. not. I actually haven't seen the room, but I saw Disaster Artist. Disaster Artist, which was fucking amazing. So you, you're an actor. Yes, I am. You could be a model, but I don't know why you don't model. I did model actually. No, I no, 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 you didn't. Okay, so I didn't. You look like. Did you do Abercrombie and Fitch? I did. I knew it. Yeah, I, I could did just. Tell. I did all of that. <laughs> yeah. No, I did that. It was funny. So, I, like, uh, when I first moved out here, I'd signed with um, Wilhelmina. And they were like sending me out on stuff and it was good. And then like how I transitioned into Abercrombie was because I was walking through the Glendale mall and the, one of the Abercrombie managers like ran after me and was like, Hey, what are you doing right now? And I was like, walking, <laughs> <laughs> lift up your shirt. Do you have abs? <laughs> uh, and I was like, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then they recruited me and then I started doing like their shirtless modeling out yeah. front every time they'd open up a flagship store. Um, and that you stand out front. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Wow. And, uh, I was, I was an object. I was treated like, wait, an you object. moved out here from where? Washington state, little town called Moses Lake farm town. Wow. That's it. That's all you get. And they breed people like you. Well, or are you one of a kind? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, uh, Moses Lake is a great city yeah. town. Okay. Great town. Um, but as far as like athleticism, Maybe not the highest per capita. Right. You're like, you're a big dude. Six yeah. foot four, six five? Six four, yeah. Yeah. How many pounds? With these on. It's uh it's, it's he's got the boots. Six five, yeah. Yeah. How many pounds? Uh right now two ten. Two ten of pure muscle pure, too. Just raw. I'm two hundred I'm six three two hundred pounds of pure fat. Ooh, no you're yeah, not. Yeah. Dude, you're you're yeah. raw sex appeals. That that's what you are. Yeah, I got strong forearms. How, how do you get strong forearms? I want to uh, a lot of video it, games. Vid oh, video yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of video games do you play? Oh shit! Let's yeah. uh, let's talk about you. Let's talk about me. <laughs> uh, so you moved out here from Washington. You signed yes. with Wilhelmina. What was that like? How did you how did you just get into modeling like like that? Well, dude, I so I had no interest in getting into modeling. Um, it was through pure chance that it happened. Uh, I had been submitting a headshot and resume because I'd always wanted to make movies since I was a kid. Like being raised on a farm, my connection to the world. Like an actual farm, you did farm work, like animals yeah, or yeah. crops. Yeah, I raised cows. That's how I like paid for rent the first Jesus. few months that I was out here. Um, no, and we, we raised like, if here's a fun stat. 
between the years like 1980 and the year 2000, if you ever had a potato uh, from like McDonald's, French fries or anything like that, chances are you had one of ours. Wow. So that's a weird little fact about my farm. You know, now that I think back to that year, Uh those were some of the best fries that I ever had. Right? Think about that. We have a connection now. Dude, I fed you. (laughs) (laughs) No, we raised everything, man. I mean, you name it, we tried it. I think at some point the government like uh, hired us out to do kind of experimental crops and stuff like that. So like sugar cane and things like that. It didn't go well, but you know, as you try. Yeah, that's pretty Uh, dope. But yeah, I, um, so getting into modeling, um, I'd been submitting headshots and resumes for acting and like behind the scenes work because I really wanted to make movies. I didn't know what it looked like. You wanted to direct? You wanted to film? All of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, just, I had no idea how to get into it because it's interesting because like, yeah, you're a farm boy, but like, did you ever do stuff with a camera? Did you ever film? Oh, yeah. oh okay. We had a, well, we had a really shitty VHS, um, you, you know, those really big old camcorders I know you're talking, you yeah. throw on your shoulder yep, as a yep. VHS. For those of you that don't know what a VHS Back tape is. Back in 1995. <laughs> literally. You had to rewind it. It's not yeah. like a, you know, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would throw that and it didn't work. You had to throw it on extension cords and run it out and I'd film my friends like doing things and then I'd have them film me. And in order to- Like get, jackass style stuff or oh, like completely. movies? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then we do movies as well. I feel like everyone starts, when they start with the camera, they're like, let's do stupid shit. Yeah, like let's go on our skateboards and flip the camera off because that's really cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like- the mulch pile. We're gonna make it a ramp and yeah. bike off of it into a, the oblivion. Pond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you made it. Started making like jackass type videos, yeah, little movies. Yeah, movies. Um, we'd like write out scripts based on what we had around us, being on the farm. Did you ever was, edit them, or how'd you edit them? So how we edited in the beginning was a very interesting thing. We would rewind the VHS tape and push record in order to edit the spots that we needed to record over the top of. It's like when Vine first came out and you had to like do this <laughs> the shots sequentially. Yes. And then you had to edit them in the app and if you screwed up you had to start all over. Completely. That is That's exactly insane. what it was like. <laughs> it was like Vine before Vine was Vine. So you would you would wow, you would re- <laughs> You would rewind and then record and cut yeah. the trim the fat on the camera? Literally on the camera. Wow. And, but it was so annoying because you'd get like half of a frame or like one or two frames of the sh- scene that you just shot. Right, right. In the scene. And you're like, oh, God. Ugh. And then back to the Vine problem. You have to yeah. reshoot the whole thing. Yep, yep. So, uh, but yeah, I, I submitted uh, headshots and resumes everywhere. I think I sent out like a hundred of them. And I got a bunch of responses and there was like internships coming up and different things like that. And then there was this... Competition, which I shall not name, uh, because I don't necessarily want to endorse it. Right, right. Uh, but they did connect me. I did very well. I won the competition. It was acting, nice. modeling, singing, dancing. I don't do the last two very well. Uh, <laughs> I do a very good white guy dance. Yeah, yeah, Shimmy, me too. Right, do right the here. floss or something. Yeah, just keep it right here, right in the pocket. Will Smith, <laughs> keep it in the pocket. Nope, keep it in the pocket. <laughs> um, and uh, so I signed with Wilhelmina after that, and... Uh, that was my quote unquote way out into Hollywood. That was my connection because I knew nobody or nothing about this place. I was, I'm sure it was yeah, the same see, for you. Yeah, I mean, I knew Logan. That was it. Like, I had mm-hmm. a couple friends from Ohio about here. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't have any friends or anything like that. So you yeah. signed with the modeling. And then what got you finally into acting? What was your first acting gig? My first acting gig was iCarly, the I that's, Half a Win episode. That's intense. It is. It was pretty rad. That was a huge show, right? I've never it was seen big it. Big back in the day. Yeah, I guess. But it that's was. your first role to land iCarly. Yeah, that. How was, did that come about? Uh, so I, I had gotten over to my management company at the time, or still to this day, and um, they were submitting me for these auditions, and I was like, oh my god, these are great. What are these? These are yeah. fun. Uh, and I think it was the. F- First one they ever sent me on was iCarly, I Half Ween. So you booked your first ever audition? Yeah. That's impressive. It was impressive. And then I went through a dry spell right after that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, he made it just so easy. No, no, no. I lived in my car for a very long time. Did you? I actually did, yeah. Uh, So I raised cows. Yeah. Sold them off. That paid for my rent for like X amount of months. Because LA is very expensive. For for those of you that don't know, rent out here for like, a 500 square foot apartment's like two grand. Legitimately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be sharing a studio apartment with four other dudes in bunk beds or like triple bunk beds yep, in yep. order to pay your rent. Um, but yeah, no, I lived in my car uh, like, it was after like the six month mark. 
Um, I'd been like, granted, it was an Escalade EXT, <laughs> right? It was a stretch limo Escalade <laughs> EXT <laughs> again. And the rooftop, there was a secondary <laughs> ceiling. It was great. It was huge. Huge. What? Uh, Why do you sound like Donald Trump? Listen, everything is huge. Living in the Escalade. Huge. Um, <laughs> what car was it? A car or an SUV? SUV. Uh, yeah, okay. Toyota Sequoia. So farm, farm boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Beards. Yeah. Man shit. Yeah. Um, no, it was a Toyota Sequoia that I drove down here. My first ever car. She's still with me to this day. Really? Lost a lot of things in that car, if you know what I mean. Yeah. What was the wink for? <laughs> that is uh, a sexual sexual <laughs> innuendo. I, I, um, I caught on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't um, need to explain. <laughs> you asked, bro. Okay, you're right. You're Dang right. it. But for those listening, they didn't know you winked, so they, I had to oh, give them the cue. Yes, this I winked. This is being filmed. Winked doing innuendos. That's what. That's right there. Lost his virginity in a Toyota Sequoia. Yeah. Not my virginity virginity, but some other virginities, per se. We won't go into detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I... Uh, yeah, no, I, lo- I lived in that thing for a while. Like, I'd crash in my car, I'd sleep in there. It's I had dangerous. A, yeah... Especially Not, in LA, I feel yeah, like. I guess it is. I mean, to me, it was like camping. Yeah, you know, if it's all perspective. You never had a friend to be like, "Yo, can I crash at your place?" I did. I would oh, do okay. that, but I didn't want to overstay my welcome. Right, right. You know, I'd be like, "Hey, man, can I come crash there for like a few nights?" I just like in between spots. Yeah, yeah. Little did they know, I was like in between spots for like a year. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's good because that <laughs> yeah adds your story. That adds your completely like, the struggle. Everyone thinks it's all glamorous, especially you. Probably were like, "Oh, right. first First audition, iCarly, bang. Booked it, yeah. I'm going to like take Money. over Hollywood. Yeah. Money, I'm taking it over. Yeah, uh, yeah. it doesn't happen that way. Oh my it God. It doesn't. And I'm learning that. I think I booked my first audition actually too. Did you really? Which one? It wasn't iCarly, but it was a movie. Uh, it's not out yet, but Ooh. I booked it. Ooh. And yeah, it's been a dry spell since. So. Wow, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you went iCarly, mm-hmm. dry spell, then what right. was your next big move? Uh, next big move was a movie that I filmed in Panama. Actually, this was great. This was one of my, like the first movie I ever did, uh, called indigenous. It's on Netflix now. Go watch it. Um, while you're watching bird box, while you're watching or right after bird box, don't blind your fold while you watch yeah. indigenous. <laughs> it's actually okay. Yeah. It's a creature feature, um, done by some of the producers that were like over at Lionsgate. They started their own production company called Kilburn. Um, and we went down and shot in Panama for a month and a half and it was so cool. We stayed in the Gamboa rainforest, which is literally, you have crocodiles, Jesus, or sorry, not crocodiles, alligators chilling. What's Just, the difference? Skinny nose and then wide nose. Oh, okay. I think, yeah. I think you know, I don't, I don't makes know. a lot of difference. A huge difference. They'll eat you regardless. <laughs> yeah, they're, exactly. If they're hungry, you're going to be, you're going to be a snack. So you're in Panama, you shoot a movie. What was your first like big break? Was it Jesse? Like where it's like, yo, this guy. It, you know what it was? It was the movie that I did with Victoria Justice. What Naomi was that and Eli's No Kiss List. Also on Netflix, <laughs> go watch it now. After you watch Indigenous. After you watch Indigenous, do the, in chronological order, just bop, bop, bop. Yep. Make it happen. Um, no, I think No Kiss List was hands down my kind of breakout role. It was like I'd, I'd been getting a lot of traction from different stuff that I was doing. Um, I'd done a couple movies. I was doing some web series back when web series weren't cool. Yeah. And then um, some other stuff and I was gaining momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was no kiss list uh, that kind of set me apart because it's about a girl who loves a boy who loves a boy. I was the boy who loves a boy. Um, I was Eli in the no so kiss list. So you were list. gay. I was gay in that role. But did you, what year was this? This was 2000, I believe, 13. Okay. So she liked you, yeah. you liked someone else, but did you ever come out? She didn't know. She didn't know. So she, so in the, in the movie, uh, she and I are best friends that grew up, you know, literally across the hall from each other. Um, so Naomi and Eli have this amazing friendship, and they're, they have a thing called the no kiss list, which is how they keep their friendship together. Is they're not allowed to have like crushes on the same guy. They're not allowed to do X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. Um, but ultimately you find out that they have a crush on the same guy who happens to be Naomi's boyfriend. Uh Oh, dun dun spoiler. Is he as straight as we thought? Maybe <laughs> not. Um, so go and find out for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the first time that I think I kind of, as an actor set myself apart because, um, you know, I'd, I'd come from a background that was uh, very Christian and very like right. conservative, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never kissed a dude at that point. Uh, and I was a little nervous and I called my, uh, one of my mentors out here who's just an incredible human being. 
Leonardo DiCaprio. You might call him <laughs> the Leo. I call him Lee just yeah. for short. Yeah, people I call, call him Leo. Yeah. Oh, you call him? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I just wanted to call. Him. <laughs> Dang it! Um, no, I called a mentor of mine, and he's written and produced some of the biggest movies, X Men, Transformers, and stuff like that. And um, I, I asked him, and I was like, "Man, I, I, like, am I ready for this? Am I going to do a good job representing the gay community?" Because that's such a, a specific audience right. that, like, if you fuck it up... You'd... Especially 2013. Yeah. I feel like it's was still... It was still, like, kind of, like, taboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Brokeback Mountain wasn't that long before it. And I remember, I mean, growing up in a small town, you could hear rumors a mile away. Right, right. Um, and so I was like, man, and, like, you know... Uh, trying to navigate that realm and he himself is gay. So thank God I called him first. And right, right. He was like, look, buddy, you know, the first thing that you want to do is ask yourself if you resonate with the character. And I was like, I totally do. I think he's awesome. Um, and the second part you want to ask yourself is, will I do justice to the role? And if you say yes to both of those, then you should probably do it. And he's like, and if it scares you, then you should definitely do it. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is mm -hmm. awesome. And so, and thankfully, he was a guide on my journey along with a few other guys who actually got to um, sit down kind of like this and interview them and I recorded them, uh, asking them about their life story. And each guy was from a different generation of, you know, growing up gay. Mm -hmm. And what they talked about was, you know, one guy was, he's 85 years old now, he was 80 at the time. That's bad math, 79. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was like, you know, growing up gay for me 70 years ago was completely different from what it is right, now. Right, right. He's like, you know, people, my, my parents loved me still, but there was no way I could come out about it. I would mm -hmm. get the shit kicked out of me. Um, and then like my other buddy, uh, the other mentor, um, he uh, was like, you know, it was, it was very similar to this guy's experience but all a little more open, like Queen was around and like mm -hmm. Freddie Mercury had been opening up the doors and stuff like right. that. And then I interviewed one of my close friends here and he was like, you know, growing up gay now is still, there's still taboos around mm -hmm. it. But Especially, I mean, in LA. No. No, by no but means. Small town Washington. Completely. Ohio. Yeah. Very, yeah. Like you can imagine like so many kids in maybe in schools that we went to, I was homeschooled, so maybe not me, but... Uh, I, you, you have friends that like, they, they may still not have come out of the closet. Right. Right. Because it's still scary back there. Right. I, yeah. I know a friend that won't come out to his family. Yeah. Cause he know his parents are very yeah. Catholic, very Christian. Yeah. And if he does, he's, he knows that they'll disown him. Right. You know? I, so funny enough that you say that I was uh, disowned by um, extended members of my family. For taking I, the role? For taking the role. Yeah. I was, um, I was sent not by any of my immediate family, mom, dad, brothers, sisters, they were all very supportive. Um, but extended fam family members uh, completely disowned me. They were like, you're not allowed back into the family. You're going straight to hell. Uh, you are disowned. We will not speak to you ever again until you repent, come back to Washington and live a life without Hollywood. Hi, I'm Arusha Pires, host of a new podcast called Investing with IBD. Here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having. Facebook, you know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow through day concept. One of the most interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts, over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good. Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I mean, it was a much, that's the SparkNotes version, but it was like, it was pretty, oh, I get pretty it vile. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, that's... A lot of the world is that's really awful. against Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of stuff here that's like a bad influence. I get it. But right. um, what was what was that role like? What was it? Because I'm sure it was difficult. You're a straight dude yeah. taking a gay role. 
Yeah. And I think it was at a time too, where I was still kind of juggling my, my religion and philosophy of, of life where yeah. I was, um, starting to stray away from, you know, the way that my parents had raised me and they did a great job. I'm very happy with the way I was raised. Yeah. But you're starting to think for yourself. Yeah. And you're starting to set that own path up. And it was difficult because I, you know, after receiving those text messages and voicemails and calls right, and, things, right. and just being screamed at through the phone, I was like, man, am I going to hell? Like, I'm a little worried about right, this right. now. Um, because you, you fall back into your old patterns. You have to rewire. That's something things. I've learned. I mean, yeah, I, I have no complaints about the way I was raised. I love yeah. the way that I was raised. But as I've gotten older and I start to see things and understand other people's perspectives and understand other people's yeah. thought processes. And like you were raised very different than me, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to think for myself and I, but it's still hard because for 20 X years you were taught that, right? You're taught this is not good. This is yes. not okay. This is not what you should be doing. And then you're like, you have to make the decision you're facing. Do I think for myself here? Do I right think now. it's okay? But then in the back of your head, you're like, damn, what are, what are people going to say? What are completely because for 20 years, you're t- like for me, mm-hmm. uh, marijuana mm-hmm. is illegal in Ohio, right? Right. And it's, frowned upon heavily when we were kids. It was not cool. Right. Exactly. So drugs in my head embedded in my brain, marijuana for 20 mm-hmm. plus years. Yeah. This is a drug. This is bad. You should not do this. Yeah. People that do this are lazy. They're stoners. They don't, they're not protective. Right. Right. I come to California it's legal here. Everybody Everyone's smokes. smoking weed. And like if for 20. If you don't smoke, you're not cool. Right. Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't smoke still. I still don't smoke. Ooh, but. You're not cool. <laughs> but. And, and I would be uncomfortable because right. I'm like, damn, for 20 fucking years. Yeah. This was in my brain like it's meth. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And you're doing it in front of me and it's legal. So mm-hmm. for me now it's like, all right, yeah, I'm cool with it. But that was hard for me because like I'm like, damn, like. My whole life I've been taught that this is so bad. Well, yeah. And like you even think about because there's such a taboo about it, right? So you have had to rewire your thinking and now they're discovering that it's great for epileptics and people that struggle with seizures and stuff like that. Um, And I think what what was the fibromyalgia? Um, So, you know, we get caught in these weird taboos. Right that we, we wrap our mind around all this for all these different reasons. And then when like, when we do, we step back objectively and look at it, we're like, Oh, it's not that bad. Right. Mm. Like why, why, yeah. Why, why are we freaking like, out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have, I mean, you can uh, plead the fifth on this, but uh, have you ever smoked weed? Yes. Do you remember your first time smoking weed? Uh, first time I smoked weed, nothing happened. I right. smoked out of an apple, nice little green nice. apple. Nice. Okay. Back in high That's school. pretty cool. Uh, my friends were doing it. So I tried it and yeah. I was like, this is, it didn't do anything. Yeah. Which I, I think every time the first time you smoke, you don't usually get high, right? Yeah. So did it again. Nothing happened. Right. I'm like, eh, this isn't really for me. Never did it. So that like a few times in high school, I tried it, never got high. But I don't yeah. think I was doing it right, to totally. be honest. And it was an out of an apple and stuff. <laughs> and I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. You'd like just inhale and blow it out as quick as you could. Exactly. Because <laughs> I, I didn't want to do it, but I didn't want to be like not cool. Like, yeah. You know, so... um. Then college came around one night, uh, I was wasted and I went to my buddy's apartment and they're like sitting there and there's this like bong that's like two feet tall. Right. And they're like, yo, hit this. And I'm like, dude, I don't like smoking. Like, fuck that. Like, uh, they're like, come on, man, whatever. I'm like, all right, I'm wasted. I did it. So I do one hit of this. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, so when's it supposed to hit? And before I finish my sentence, bro. Yeah. Like everything. I was like, whoa. Well, I don't feel good. I got to go outside, bro. The room started spinning. Yep. I was wasted. Yep. I was high. Yep. I, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. I started to panic. I was fucking walking around in circles outside like like I was on like meth or something. Full on panic attack. Panic attack. Oh, yeah. Try to lay down and go to bed. Mm-hmm. It's like two in the morning. Terrible idea, room by the way. spinning. <laughs> Terrible idea. I'm like, oh, God, I can't do this. So I go outside and sit. It was the winter. I'm right. sitting outside shivering, oh. like oh, panicking, dude. but I needed air. Yeah. Like I felt like, oh, so... The air I think inside I the room myself. can't. Yeah. I can't breathe it. <laughs> so I think I screwed myself. Right. Because that was my first experience being high, oh, and it's dude. like embedded in my brain. Yeah. This is terrible, right? So I come to LA. Uh, I've smoked two times since I've been in LA. Yeah. I got high. Same thing happened. Thought I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Started panicking. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like whatever. Then time goes by, and my buddy 
Curtis, he's like, he had some like volcano thing or something. You know what that yes. is? Yes. You put like a bag on it or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, weird. He's like, he's like, smoke this. I'm like, nah, dude, every time I've smoked weed, been a bad time like trust oh. me like i panic like i go into full <laughs> panic mode he's like no like let's think of some ideas like that you probably smoke bad yeah you yeah. smoke bad stuff this is like there's like two types of weed right there's what indica and sativa In, yeah, yeah he's like what's the good one okay so from what my basic understanding is indica is into couch right is you it's the relaxed you sit down okay. and sativa is like the more creative so maybe one. he was like, yeah, you're probably smoking indica. This is sativa. Like, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. All right, fine. I'll fucking do it. Right. Do it. Same shit happens. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm like, dude, I can't breathe. I'm going <laughs> to die. So that's that's where it ends with me. Dude, I, <laughs> Why is that? I Okay, so I, I was, I, I have terrible insomnia. Yeah. So like I for years I've been looking for uh, like natural solutions to a terrible problem. Yeah. I've discovered weed. Via actually my friend who I was interviewing for No Kiss List, like basically he's 85 years old now, parties harder than anybody <laughs> I know. Dude goes out and it gets lit, literally. Yeah. Like he's 85 smokes, years old. 85 years old, smokes a joint every day. Like, and he'll go out and he has his little vape pen and he's like, You want to go to the party? Where's the club at? And I'm like, All right, all right, let's calm down for a second. You, you're high. Yeah. Um, but, I, he was like, you should try weed. And I was like, great. So he gives me an, an edible and I tried it and I was like, oh, this is not bad. Had a lot of cotton mouth afterwards. Yep. Uh, and then I started getting into it for sleep stuff. And then at some point I was at my brother's house um, and he was like, hey, do you want to take a rip of this? And I was like, yeah, I'm from LA. I've smoked hard stuff before. Yeah, yeah. You don't know nothing. It's Washington state. They know a lot more yeah, than yeah. they do. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I take a, a little Ripper Magoo and I was sitting there and I was like, I don't feel anything. Nothing. Is this strong? Is this, is this something that you're you trying should... to be bad? Yeah, I was like, it's nothing big deal. He was like, do you want to take another one? Because you don't have, you can, but you don't have to. And I was like, I'll take another one. I'll take like three more. Damn. I took some deep Rippers. Ripper Magoos. Ripper Magoos. <laughs> Bob Menery, if you're out there, I love you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I took uh, I took like two or three more hits, and it was wax, and oh. it was gnarly. The exact thing that you're talking about. So his friend was over, and she was talking to me, and I was sitting on the couch, and I'm literally staring, and all of a sudden, the back of my skull screws off, and time <laughs> <Is> dilates, it... <laughs> and I'm in interstellar, going through the fifth dimension, trying to figure out where the fuck have I gone. <laughs> Um, and I was pretty sure I was dying in that moment, right? living two different lives. And since that moment, I have not been able to, like I walked in circles for four and a half hours. You having, actually walked in circles? For, I, had I did the same attack. thing. Yep, yeah, my guy. Dude, yes. I thought I was the only one. Dude, no, I, walked, I was like just pacing and pacing and yep. I was talking to myself. I was like, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna be fine. And my brother walks up and he starts petting me. He's like, you're gonna be okay, okay? And I was like, this is weirdly relaxing, but still I'm, I'm, I'm losing yeah, my yeah. mind. I'm going to be like this forever. Yeah. I'm broken. Yeah. When's this going to end? <laughs> I just want it to stop. Yeah. Uh, and since that point, I have never been able to smoke weed again. I actually sent myself to the ER one time because I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Bro, me so and you high. are the same. <laughs> I was so high. I, I did an edible. I smoked and I did a tincture or something like that. I don't know what that is. It's like a dropper that you can hold okay. under your tongue. And it was all to sleep. Again, way overdid it. it I spent an hour and a half trying to call an uber because i kept forgetting what i was doing <laughs> dude that's what i'm crazy. saying man just bad experiences ruin you like oh, i yeah. i can't eat onions anymore because in and i was in paris and i yeah. threw up a burger with onions on it and ever since oh, that day i've hated onions bummer isn't that crazy how a bad experience can just like Whip, torment you whipped cream i can't have whipped cream i loved it i would have whipped cream on everything till one day I had it on my girlfriend. <laughs> I had it on my girlfriend. It was great. And then I threw up everywhere on top of her. Uh, no, that's not true. Um, no, I had it on. So I would try it on literally everything. You know, eight-year-old mind. Yeah, yeah. You're very creative. Yeah. No, there's no problem with anything at eight years old. You, like, no walls. Right. Um, and I was like, you know what? And I was watching my mom make clam chowder one day. Ooh, big Sucks. mistake. <laughs> clam chowder is good though. Clam chowder is great. Nothing wrong with clam chowder. I still eat that. Um, and 
I was like, man, I see her. I see her. She's putting milk in it. And I was like, interesting. Whipped cream, whipped cream on is made of milk. Yeah. I should also do that. <laughs> so we get it. We get the clam chowder. And I was like, ah, great opportunity. So I take the whipped cream out. But we only had strawberry whipped cream at the time, unfortunately. Mm. So I put that all over the top. And I was like, let's go to town. Did your mom know this? She, oh, yeah. She was like, that's a bad choice. What you should you not do that. And I was like, mom, shh. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm creating something. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Huge. <laughs> um, and I put, I put it everywhere. Within two minutes, I, was, I ran straight to the bathroom. I was throwing up everywhere. It was just Jesus. like, it was purple clam chowder all over the place. It was disgusting. Love how we went from talking about your first role to <laughs> talking about fucking New England clam chowder. Wait. New England. Oh yeah, no, you're not from New England, Ohio. No. It's close, but it's it's called New England clam chowder, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we have Seattle Ivers, Ivers clam chowder. Oh, it's way better. I never even heard of that. I'll have to try some. I'm just kidding, New England. You're okay, but you know, we're better. <laughs> so you uh, getting back on the movie topic? Back topic on the movie. Is, yeah. So this is where you met Victoria. This is where I met Victoria. Did yeah. you guys start dating there? Because a so, lot of people fall in love on movie sets. Brad you, and Angelina. You might. You're not too far from the truth, my guy. So what happened? Um, so yeah, we met on, funny enough, a lot of people were like, oh, you guys were friends before and dating before that. I was like, no, we we met first day. We tested with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I- Was she big at the time? Did yeah, she, had, she, she was still show? on Victorious, which is, you know, you can still see the Nickelodeon building down the street from here. Oh, um, they shot it right here, right? Yeah. Um, is that I think right they were constructing it right now. They're like oh, redoing geez, it. It's like right totally there, yeah. Are. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Rest in Grab peace. a shot of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, she just wrapped Vic- her final season of Victorious and she was just like peak of her career, which is really cool because I hadn't worked with anybody like that. And so I get on the set and we come from totally different backgrounds. I've been doing indie film at that point mostly. And she'd been doing a lot of like essentially sitcom right, multicam right. stuff. Um, and so it was, it was cool to see the dynamic of us coming together and working professionally first and becoming friends on set like that. Um, and then because of the movie, we started to develop like a really close friendship. And then because of that, like I, <laughs> I had a great line. I was like, hey, uh, Victoria, I've, this is our first day. I was like, I've actually never kissed a guy before. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like, but afterwards I'd like to kiss you. And she was like, uh, okay. I was like, I don't know if you have a boyfriend or anything, but if you do, you can totally say no. But still, I'm probably going to do it anyways. Like, I just, I was like nervous and trying to be like kind of cool. And she's like, yeah, that's totally fine. I was like, yes. Um, (laughs) Why did you say that? I have no idea. I don't know why it came to me, but she was super cool with it. Uh, I I think we both thought it was kind of a joke at the time. Yeah, yeah. It was just because we were just very like funny with each other and improvisational. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's day three on the set. And I meet uh, the guy who's supposed to be playing my boyfriend at this point in the film. You and just I, met him. I just you met him. You didn't have a chemistry read? No. I was so bummed out. Well, the, he was he was a local hire out of New York. Um, yeah, okay. So I just met him and I was like, oh, dude, what's up? And the director runs up and she's like, oh, hey, so uh, you guys are going to run over there and you're going to make out really quick. And I was like. No rehearsal. I, I've. Uh, yes, I would like to take him out to dinner first at least <laughs> let me get to know the guy uh and so was it uncomfortable it it was only uncomfortable because i didn't know him right it'd be like walking had up he done something like that before he'd done it in acting class before got it okay um so he was he was more, more advanced at it than okay, i was yeah. at this point the making out with men making yeah. out is making out it's yeah, yeah. really no different yeah uh but i was like hey man um i'm just gonna go for it and he's like cool that sounds great and i was like sweet you've done this before right he's like yeah one time and i was like sweet you're an expert. <laughs> um, and I was like, listen, I think the only way that we're going to sell this is if we just go ham on it. Send it. Yep. Because we're just going to send it. We're just going to freaking send it, my dude. <laughs> uh, we're, and this is day three? This is day three, but we're shooting p- almost the end of the film right. at this point. Um, and so I was like, we have to pretend like we have lots of chemistry. And right. He's like, well, that's going to be easy. And I was like, thanks, my guy. Yeah. Um, so we go and we send it. We sent it all the way. It was like full on tongue, mouth, just went to town on each other. Got it. One take. One take. One take. They one. They shoot baby. it multicam. Uh, it was it was a specific shot, but they the director uh, just just to have fun with us was like, we're gonna do that uh, one more time. One more time. Just, just one Joking. more time. Yeah, just totally no. But we did it one more time, and then one more time, and one more time. But we ended up using the first take on that shot. Wow. So I was pretty stoked about that. Um, 
But we're all walking back to our trailers. And of course, um, I see Victoria and I was like, hey, Vic. And she's like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, um, can you come here really quick? And she, she walks over and she's standing there and she's like, what's up? And I was like, uh, hold on one second. And then we grab her and I make out. And we made out for maybe like a minute straight. And then I stopped and I was like, ah, yeah, it was, it was great. That was awesome. And she's like, yeah, that was awesome. Do you want to rehearse later as well? And so from that point on, we proceeded to like make out every day on set and like in between takes, we'd like sneak off and there's like an elevator scene where we'd end up making out all the time and the makeup artist would have to like wipe lipstick off of my face the entire time. Um, but yeah, that was kind of where it all, all began wow. right there with, and then it's magical. It was, it was kind of magical in a way. It was, you know, we're often, it was the first time in New York for me. I was filming a movie of a role that I'd never played before. I was out of my I comfort zone. I love your zone. confidence, dude. Cause she's. She has her show on Nickelodeon and you're yeah. just like, you want to make out? Do you want to make out? <laughs> <laughs> I get. I, Where did you get the balls? I don't know. From the cows, right? From the cows, probably. They had huge balls and I was just like, you know. I want those. I want those. <laughs> I want those size balls. We call them Rocky Mountain Oysters. Yeah. And uh, I was like, They're I need some Rocky chowder. Mountain Oysters. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. My dad came home one day uh, and he had just uh, neutered a cow. Why uh, would you steer. neuter a cow? Steer. What is uh, that for? Uh, so it's the, you want to, the cows to be bred with the kind of like the premium bull, yeah, yeah. not the kind of like shitty steers that are just like young bucks running around trying to fuck everything they can. Jeez. It's like Hollywood. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, so he came back one day and he had had, um, fresh Rocky mountain oysters in his hand. He's like, do you guys want some Rocky mountain oysters? And I was like, I love oysters. <laughs> you ate them. I did not eat them. Uh, I, he showed them to me. I was like, <laughs> I ran off set really quick. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, uh, so back to Victoria. I, uh, we, it was like, it was interesting because it wasn't official. It was official because we were still like on set and we wanted to be professional. I had my 22nd birthday. 22? She's the same age or? Uh, she was two years younger than me at the time. Just making sure you're uh, hitting the age gap, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is it? Like divided by two plus seven or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the actual numbers on that. No, she, um, yeah, I, I had my 22nd birthday on set. Um, so that was really fun for me, but yeah. Uh, and then like, as soon as we wrapped, we kind of like made it an official thing, but we kept was it Facebook official or was it off the, Oh, we tried to, I have a rule and this was even before she and I, I was, I have a rule of like, I don't want anything to go on social media uh, as far as relationship goes, uh, to become official for at least six months. Okay. Cause I want us to figure out each other. Right. Right. That's the growing period. Yeah. And, and I want to be, I'm, I'm very private in that way. And I want to make sure that we're, we know each other before everybody starts voicing their opinion about us because right. it's, it's hard. It's mixed reviews. I mean, they're already going to not like me because they want to date her and yeah, vice yeah. versa. My fans will not like her because they want to date me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's very supportive fans in between. Um, but yeah, we, um, we kept it a secret as long as we could. We got, um, we were at, I think a Beyonce concert in one of those like private booths at, at some point. Backstage. Backstage. Beyonce. Don't worry Beyonce. about it. God, I wish. You shouldn't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. Baby Beyonce, I love you. I love you so much. You're amazing. Um, it was, uh, we were there and we had a bunch of friends kind of like hanging around and somebody leaked it. Somebody totally ratted us out. And I was like, how much did you get paid? Cause like, give me 10% at least. They took a photo. They didn't take a photo which I was thankful for, but uh, they totally went straight to the press with it um, and sold it. It was like TMZ, Daily Mail, Isn't that just Jared up? and so everything. This is my Beyonce story. I was, yeah. um, back when I was doing like behind the scenes photography for some like celebrities or whatnot, yeah. I did Sierra Russ and Russell Wilson's like surprise Halloween birthday party. Oh, sweet. And Beyonce was there. Yeah. And I didn't know it was Beyonce. I met her. I took photos of her, her and Serena Williams. I was there. I'm like, oh, whoa, there's Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. But Serena Williams is talking to Beyonce and I had no idea because she was in a costume. Right. So I like, whatever, take these photos. And then Beyonce like gives me her camera. She's like, hey, can you take it on this camera? I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Beyonce just walked up to you and was like, yeah, go on. Didn't even know it was her. I was go like, on. Yeah, no problem. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Take the photos. I start walking around. This other photographer comes up to me. He's like, yo, what? do you know who you just took a photo of? I'm like, nah. He's like, dude, that was Beyonce. Oh my God. I'm like, what? Oh my God. Like, Bro, you were just like talking to Beyonce. It was like, I, I was talking to him for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> no big yeah. deal. I don't get stressed. So yeah, so anything. I talked to Beyonce for 10 minutes. What was I saying before that? 
my Beyonce story. Your Beyonce oh, story. so so I took all these photos at this event. Yeah, and I think I threw up an IG story while I was there mm-hmm. with Beyonce because I I eventually went and was like, hey, can I take a photo with you? She's like, yeah, of course. So we take the photo, throw it up in my IG story. TMZ hits me up like, yo, we're like willing to pay you like thou like a two thousand dollars. Yeah, because I was the only photographer there. Uh, the other guy was filming video, two grand for these exclusive photos. Back in the day, this is like. I was making a thousand dollars a month. Like I was only getting paid five hundred dollars for this money. event. Yeah, like to to shoot these photos, mm-hmm. I was getting five hundred bucks. I was like two grand. Yeah, but I didn't do it because I was like, dude, I'm the only photographer here. If I leak these photos, I'll never be trusted ever, Smart and move. everyone will know it's me because I'm the only one with the camera. So I didn't do it. There's a lot of respect in that. Yeah, you are a man of your word, and that's especially in LA. It's like it's very hard to find trustworthy right, people right. in general. And so like the fact that you were able to hold your own in that, I respect the hell out of that. Thank you. Well done. Two G's would have been nice. But. Dude, oh yeah, especially back then. Like, yeah. It was a lot of money, man. Yeah, no. Nah, rent for like three months. Good karma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Um, so yeah, then you did you did that movie. Right. And then you and Victoria fell deeply in love. Fell deeply in love. Actually, to this day, longest I've ever been in a relationship. She was fantastic. How long did you date her? Uh two to two and a half years it's a long time yeah i'm going on two years with kylie oh that's awesome yeah when did you guys start dating we met in january of 2017 so two years ago we met wow um january 2017 yeah wow what do you know remember what day uh, no. Uh, I mean, I could look because we shot a video. Got an anniversary I could thing look. that's coming up. You well, know, that's just... when we met. It's not when we started dating. We never really like, we just kind of, you know how dating happens. Right, like, right, you, right. You're like just... making out with her for fucking 10 weeks. Right. Are you dating? Yeah. yeah you're yeah. like, <laughs> are we, uh, we have to, should we, uh, we yeah. should probably communicate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was never like, hey, will you go out with me? Like in uh, eighth grade, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going on two years, but. That's cool. Was it weird though? Because, so, so she, you were on. Oh, you're never on a show with her. No, uh-uh. I thought for some reason you're on a show. You were on Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jesse. Okay. Jesse was a Disney series with Debbie Ryan, um, and Peyton List and that whole crew. But uh, no, we had never done a show together. And did you ever work together while you were dating? After that, uh, I almost. She had a, a TV series called Eye Candy on MTV, um, and I almost did it. But it was such. It was a character that because I was visiting her on set, and they're like, "Oh, you should come play this character." And I was like, "Sweet, what's the character about?" They're like, oh, uh, he gets killed off like this episode. It's going to be awesome. It's a gruesome murder. And I was like, yeah, but wouldn't it be better? Like I stayed alive. I stayed alive. (laughs) And of course, like after that, I think the show didn't get picked up for season two. So I was like, dang it, I should have taken that character. Yeah. Um, But no, we haven't worked together since. Uh, While you were dating, this is always a question I want to ask. Yeah. Did you ever have to do a scene hooking up with another girl or her have to do a scene hooking up with a guy? Absolutely. What was that like? Is there arguments? Uh, yeah is it know, jealousy like because i i know it's gonna happen you 100%. know i want to be an actor kylie wants to be an actor yeah i've gone out for auditions where i have to kiss someone or yeah. do a makeout scene whatever okay let me put it in terms like this uh you've watched game of thrones like one time it's like porn okay so <laughs> let me okay uh what's a what's a good movie with a sex scene in it what american pie american pie you get uh, American Pie. Yep. Would you do the sex scene? Fuck yeah. There you go. Yeah. And that's the way that you have to kind of pitch it to yourself is what movie has these things in it that I respect or enjoy enough that I would totally do these things. Um, but the jealousy and the envy and the fear of losing someone to somebody maybe with a, a bigger dick or like, you know, better abs or yeah. better eyes. Better they, kisser. Yeah, better kisser. Or they have more followers or yep. like they're more famous than me. And I was like, at, the, at that time, I was nobody, realistically. Yeah. I was just, I was just a guy. I was just a guy that had... So you're talking about her then. She had to do a scene. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's and, cool that you're admitting it and owning up to it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like... It, Getting away from jealousy and all that stuff is just a massive process. Right. Um, and we had a lot of talks about it because I was like, I've never actually dated an actress like this before. And I need to know up front, like, we're going we're gonna to be communicative right, right. on this process. And we were super open and very honest about what we were doing. And actually, it was so cool because when you open it up like that, you actually take away the fear. And you're like, hey, I'm going to do this sex scene today. Um, I'm willing to FaceTime you if you want. You can, And then you're like, I actually don't need to see that, but thank you. Like, yeah, it's all come down to trust, really. Yeah. And if you trust them, then there's nothing. But like I feel like fear. 
especially in your situation for mm-hmm. you guys because you fell in love on set right and you kissed on set yep so it's like all right she's gonna go on set and maybe new spark new new flame yep so that was what your fear was essentially completely and it's 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 an irrational fear not backed up by any evidence right um but yeah i mean you can't ah, that that shit eats at you all the time right like even your girlfriend goes out to a party you're like is there another guy there Mm-hmm. What what's he doing? What's he wearing? Why is he doing that? I'm gonna go sneak up and watch. <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs> it's weird for me, dude, because like I trust. Here's here's my scenario. I trust Kylie so much. Yeah. Because nothing's ever happened to me. Yeah. But reverse the scenario. Kylie's been cheated on in past relationships, so mm-hmm. she has that tab. Like she's been Same. that yeah. taboo. She's mm-hmm. been cheated on multiple times. So it's like her to trust me is a lot harder then I trust her. So how do you navigate that with communication? I think communication is the one of the biggest difficulties in our relationship because yeah. we, I'm not very expressive emotionally. So yeah. like if something bothers me, I'll just push it aside, right? I'll never yeah. bring it up. I'll just get over it. And she's very emotional. She's cancer. Yeah. She, but she doesn't like to express her emotions to me necessarily because I'm not very understanding of emotions. Okay. So when she does explain something, I'm very logical and I'm like, yeah. why are you thinking that? Like what? Like what's yeah. going, why are you thinking that? That doesn't make sense. And I make her feel probably not smart. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, why? You, I don't understand emotion. That's yeah. just me. Yeah. So our biggest difficulty in our relationship is communication. Interesting. But, yeah. So how, so how have you kind of like worked on that? Cause it's been two years. Obviously it's working. We, we tell each other, for example, the other day I was, we were driving and I could tell something was bothering her. Right. And I'm like, Hey, what's, what's bothering you? She's like, nothing. No, I'm fine. Like, and I'm like, come on. Like we wanted to talk about this. Like uh-huh. we want to communicate what we just, we get it out of each other essentially. So we're mm-hmm. working on that. It's still tough. Cause like, you don't want to totally. like bring that up if it's something's bothering you. Like for me personally, like I like yeah. to just get over shit. Totally. And bury it until bury it. You just push it down and you just but keep then it pushing it down up. Yeah. until one day you die. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. Communication, trust. Yeah. Those are probably the two most important things in a relationship. 100%. Especially when you get onto film sets and where things, right. well, the entertainment industry in general, is all gray lines. Even when you're shooting a YouTube video and you like have a scene, a scene in that where you're like, oh, it's, it's about a girlfriend and a boyfriend and she's jealous and we have to kiss in that one part. Yeah. Even then it's like, a little yeah. there's a little tug there's yep, a little tug yep. somewhere um how do you navigate that as far as like being like oh she's gonna make out with another dude uh i don't know dude i'm very understanding i feel like yeah. i just know that like i'll do anything for work yeah like if it's work if it's mm-hmm. progresses my career i'll do it yeah like it doesn't bother me like like you, for example Kylie used to do like a lot of like bathing suit lingerie photos on her Instagram. Like, Gorgeous, right? She's a good looking girl. Yeah. That's why you know, I was initially drawn to her, her right. Instagram, whatever. Yeah. Uh, then I got to know her. She's a great personality. Awesome. Um, but I still know that she's a sex symbol, you know? Like she's yeah. an attractive girl. Guys follow her more than girls because yeah. she's a good looking girl. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. I know that that's business. Like, yeah. Like if she has to take a photo or she wants mm-hmm. to take a photo, I'm not going to tell her to turn down a campaign for Victoria's Secret because I don't want dudes God, looking no. at her. Yeah. Like In I fact, know. you want that because. Yeah, I want that. You, her success is your success. Exactly. 100%. So I don't, and, and she's gone out for roles where she might have to kiss a dude or whatever. Mm-hmm. We haven't, neither of us have booked them. We've gotten mm-hmm. down the line, but I mean, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're compartmentalizing really well. Yeah. That's rare. That's really cool. Uh, it's, it's. I think it's all situational too until I get in that scenario too because I for example we were at a a snowboard shop one time and we're talking we ran into some guy she knew Mm -hmm. um, and they knew each other and I never knew about this guy I never heard of him whatever and I asked her after I'm like did you ever like hook up with him and she was like yeah and then that was like oh oh yeah that feeling of like oh damn I just met some dude that's like been with her that I didn't know about it sucked for sure yeah um but I got over it. Yeah. You know, it's inevitable. Like we've all been with other people. It's just reality. Yeah. You're bound to run into their exes. Exactly. And like, for instance, when I was dating Victoria, um, exes are everywhere. Yeah. 
her specific exes happened to run in the same circles that I ran in. Tends to happen that way. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, dang, you guys are actually really cool dudes. Like I'm not trying to do anything. Eskimo brothers. <laughs> but it sucks too at the same time. Yeah. You're like, damn, that guy's been with my girl. Yeah, totally. And you're, you're, you start comparing yourself, which is the enemy of yeah, yeah. success. Comparison a is a thief of joy. 100%. Yeah, I've always said that. Well, Once, I didn't say that, but like, did you start that quote? I started that quote, yeah. quoting it now. Comparison is the, the thief, thief of joy. joy. Mm. That's why Instagram's not reality. Yeah, no, it's true. That's all. That's all we do on Instagram, yeah. right? Is where it's all fluff. Yep. Right. We're, it's the best. The highlight reel. Yeah. One hundred percent. I. It's so weird because. I, I've been trying to post some more like honest stuff and be a little vulnerable on Instagram because you don't want to get caught up in all the fluff mm-hmm. necessarily um, and all the facade of it. Uh, but even then, it's almost like, ah, do I want to actually let you into my private life? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. A lot of people, I leave some shit out. Like oh, until yeah. I started this podcast, dude, like yeah. this podcast is an open book for me. Like I would never talk about me smoking weed right. or me and Kylie having relationship issues. For like sure. my life was perfect. Totally. You know, to the outside world. Like that's what I was. But this podcast for me has been like, I don't know, it's been therapy. Like I can talk, it's I can cathartic. like, yeah, I can let things out. That's cool. Yeah. What, uh, what's like been like kind of the scariest thing that you've re- revealed about yourself on this podcast? Uh, probably drugs and sex. Like, yeah. cause like I want to be, I want to portray myself as a good role model and like yeah. not necessarily I've done the, like, yeah, I like to leave out stuff that yeah. I wouldn't do, you know, that I'm like, all right, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So like admitting to doing certain things sucks because it's like mm-hmm. now they know that I did that. Right. And so you've, you feel like you've gone down in their books. Yeah. Yeah. But how cool is it that you revealed that? And there's chances are 90% of the people that are listening or watching have also done the same thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like smoked weed. Yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't right at some point, how many of them have had a panic attack, but you make them feel real. Yeah. To an extent. But part of me is like, okay, I might have some kids out there listening like 11, 12 and they're like, Oh, Mark smoked weed. So like, I'm going to try it. But that's not what I want. I don't want that. Right. Well, I feel like because I look back and I like, I regret that I like, I don't want to do it. I don't do it. Like I tried it. Yeah. It wasn't for me. But like, I don't want to be a role model in that sense, like right. leading people down the wrong path. For sure. But I think in the way that you described it, you know, you said it wasn't for me. I tried it, blah, blah, blah. And it, it, you talked about the negative side and the side effects for you. I think that's probably pretty good. I mean, yeah. or you could just put disclaimers in front of everything. Don't do this at home. Yeah. Don't have a podcast. Also, <laughs> don't have a podcast. <laughs> don't talk about anything vulnerable or anything like that. Uh, no, I think, you know. I think the fucked up side of life is probably the thing that we need to see the most because when you demonize something is when uh, it gets repressed and it bottles up and then it becomes toxic in your life and it starts coming out in weird ways. And that's why you get weird sexual predators coming out in weird ways and doing Mm -hmm. weird things is because they've repressed so many things in their life. Right. Or any kind of predator on an emotional level, on a physical level, on a spiritual level uh, is nobody talks about it. And so the thing that I feel like is really needed in our generation is people to be honest about things that they struggle with for kids to be like, Oh, I'm not weird. Right. I'm okay. Thousand percent. I think that that's something in our generation. We never like the, the whole coming out thing. If you're gay, you don't say it. Right. But now it's like, Mental health is such a big issue. For sure. And we never learned about that shit. Like, dude, no. That was ever. You don't go to a shrink. Yeah, no, yeah. You got issues. Or if someone does have a problem, like, your parents are like, yeah, stay away from that kid, you know? Right. But, like, we really do, we need to address issues. We need to address, like, thoughts in our head because then that can lead to saving lives, literally. 110%. Yeah. Well, I remember you were telling me uh, you, you had on somebody specifically who was talking about depression, and that was something that you hadn't specifically struggled with. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool because you you were allowing somebody a voice to teach kids that do struggle with it um, a, a way to feel not alone. Right. Feel like they, it literally, it's probably a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's that's huge, man. You know, and that's that's the importance of podcasts like this. And yeah, like as, as funny as we can be and fuck around. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But there's there's now that's like, what I want to do with my podcast. I want to like have good times. I want to share funny stories, and I also want to educate and like inspire people to do 
to get to where you are, to get yeah. where I am and be yeah. able to do this. Cause like who would think that you on a fucking farm in Washington, <laughs> were going to be, you know, like literally in movies and yeah. doing modeling. It's like, it's dope. Right. It's but anyways, yeah. so you're, you single now? I am single now. I'm single and mingling. No, actually, I've been dating a girl for five months. We're waiting for that six we're, month. We're waiting for the perfect, perfect moment. Time. It's going to be huge. huge. <laughs> <laughs> so you're single now? Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you got in the plans? What are you doing? Um, you're riding motorcycles, I see. Riding motorcycles, What got yeah. you into that? I, I grew up riding bikes on the farm, you know? Okay. Yeah, get a little frisky on the farm, you know how it is. So he's we single, he's horses. done Abercrombie, he's done Victoria Justice, he's done <laughs> movies, he's <laughs> he rides Wordy. motorcycles. Well played. <laughs> well played. Uh, done movies, twice Emmy nominated actor. Ooh. Did you win? I didn't. I'm the first loser two times in a row. Really? Yeah. No, I, you were I, on Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah. Is that what you got Emmy for? Yeah. Two Emmy nominations from that one. That was fun. That was actually what's soap opera acting like? Because you got to memorize like five thousand lines in one night. Yeah, dude. It was. It was. So how many? How is that processed? Because you shoot a lot of episodes like quick, right? Yeah. Well, because you. I mean, people watch an episode a day, so we're shooting two episodes a day because we take weekends off. Um. So a normal TV show shoots like you know uh, an episode a week to two weeks. Sometimes Game of Thrones a month. Um. One episode. One episode. Like Nickelodeon and all those are one week, one episode. One week, one episode. Yeah. Exactly. You have two days rehearsal or something like that. Two days two, of shooting. Exactly. Yeah. You know exactly what it yeah. is. Um, and that's usually between 20 to 60 pages, depending on what kind of show you're shooting. Uh, shooting on B&B, we shot eight episodes in four days. Um, so we'd shoot two episodes a day. There's one one day when we fell back way behind on some reshoots and stuff like that, where we shot five episodes in one day. I think on that day I had like 90 pages of dialogue uh, that I had to memorize that night. That's insane. And sometimes I'll come back to you and be like, hey, we wrote, rewrote the whole episode. And you're like, uh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, and I would, you just have to memorize it right before. So we'd memorize between 20 and 70 pages a day, minimum, if you're a lead character. And you do how show. many takes? It's quick, right? Uh, one to two. If you're, if you're pushing the three mark, you're probably getting fired because you're slowing down the process. It's a machine. Like they crank these things out. That's and insane. That's like toes. quantity over quality for soap opera. I feel like. Yeah. And it's tough too. Cause I know everybody feels it in the room and we're all fighting to make it better, but we all know we have a time crunch on us. Yeah. So it doesn't give us the opportunity Which to it, be creative. It, like, yeah, exactly. It yeah. blocks your creative integrity. Like you can't mm-hmm. like open up, you can't improv, you have to follow the rules. Right. Which is like kind of all TV because you have those time crunches. Like, aren't yeah. on Nickelodeon and like Jesse? Don't you have to hit the lines how they say them? Exactly. Like, and if you do anything wrong, they're like, redo it. Yep. Even down to I put in I put in a but instead of an and uh, when I was on Jesse, and the network head was like, nope, redo it. And I was like, what? Every, and it was this huge monologue that I had to give. And I was like, but I nailed it. That was the emotion that we all wanted was right there. And they're like, no, you have to redo it. You said and instead of, or say but instead of and. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, it didn't get approved by the heads. And I was like, no way. This that's is insane. Insane, yeah. So that stuff is wild. And it was kind of. But that trains you for everything else because that makes everything else easy, I feel like. Oh, it's a breeze after that. Yeah, because if you're memorizing eight, 90 pages a day, yeah. no question you're going to memorize it. Auditions, easy for you. Right away. Like anything that you go on a movie, now you're, yeah. you have the lines, but you can do whatever you want now. Totally. Well, and also I was like, as a kid, I was terrible at memorizing things. So I thought I would never do well at memorizing lines. The second I started the soap, you don't realize what you're capable of until you push mm-hmm. yourself past that right, point. Right, right. Right. And so that was what I was doing mentally was just, you just pushing yourself past the point you think you're capable of. But did that have a impact on your personal life? Totally. Always being on set two episodes a day, always reading lines. Yeah. Like, cause you're putting in more hours than on set cause you still have to memorize the lines. That's yeah. what it's, you don't get paid for that. No, you don't you get don't, paid for you the time you're sitting home. at home yeah. and having to memorize lines. You only right. get ta- paid for the time you're on set. 100%. It's uh, personal life uh, for the first like six months. I definitely didn't hang out with anybody cause I was so stressed and so anxious about getting the lines right and not getting fired. Um, that I wanted to do it perfectly. And then after I hit that mark, was I was like, oh, now I get the rhythm, I get my the history of my character. It all kind of makes sense, and mm-hmm. I can relax a little bit. Um, and then I developed a, a good social life. But like, I don't know. For me, I think being on set is where I feel the most alive in life. Like the second I'm on set, I'm at my peak state, mm-hmm. and nothing is wrong. Depression's gone, anxiety's gone, problems are gone. 
anything that's going on, it is sub-category compared right, right. to being on set. Um, so I feel like, in a way, that was my social life, and I loved it. So I, I may not have... I'm not, a, and I'm sure the people on set come like they become your family. Yeah, you know, you see them every day. You get to hang out with them. One hundred percent. Yeah, and they they're your friends, they're your family. And you get in fights and arguments, and everybody gets in little drama matches, and you just kind of let it go. And this is work. Yeah, that is part of life. Um, what pays the best? TV, film? Oh man, that's a great question. It just depends. If you book a Marvel movie. Yeah, of course. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, if you book, uh, I don't know, Game of Thrones or something like that, that's going to be huge. Huge. Um, huge. It's going to be huge. Uh, I, it's a great question. It just depends on what medium and what company is making it. They, they kind Does of TV and film out. pay better than social media? Ooh. In the last, I would say, two years, I think social media is about to take a big jump. Uh, web content in general, I should yeah, say. Yeah. Um, where network TV is about to kind of take a back seat. So last year, I think it was 2000, see all of 2018, they spent like 270 billion some odd dollars on TV advertising. Uh, on social media advertising, internet advertising, they spent 320 some odd billion dollars. So it's gonna even increase more. So it's just, you can see the trend is going straight over to internet. Netflix, Hulu too. There you go. Yeah. And so that, that's where the market is going. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that's under 45 or 50 years old that has a TV, like a cable subscription, right? Like, yeah, I, I think I people still have cable for like sports. Right. But I even see that kind of probably shifting soon. Totally. Because you can get it on like Amazon On Demand or exactly. something Exactly. Like you can get it on Amazon Prime, yeah. like the Thursday night football games. You can yeah. get NBC. Like you can do it all on an Apple TV. Like you just yeah. have to have a subscription. 100%. It's way easier, way more convenient. So I think... But what I'm talking social media. Not, I'm not... I'm talking for you personally. Yeah. Like social media, like Instagram brand deals, mm. stuff like that. I, I think... If we're talking about endorsements, return on investment as far as time time yeah, goes, yeah. Uh, time invested into like one social media post is going. To, I'm going to make more money off of that. Right, right, a hundred percent. Yeah, because it's one one post. Yeah, whether it's a video or it's a it's a picture. But uh, as far as the, I, you don't want to do that too much. So it's not really like sustainable right, right, right. yeah but on like if you're shooting movies all the time that's way more sustainable and you're getting paid maybe a little less per minute plus every time you shoot a movie it adds to your resume so it's easier to get another movie because you have way more mm -hmm. on the back end and then you get better brand deals on social media exactly so it's this kind of like cyclical thing and i'm sure you've noticed that as well because you were you're in the thinning no i wasn't i did the behind the scenes that's what, what i did the behind the scenes yeah i thought you were in the thinning no i dude i could have sworn no i did behind the scenes <sighs> now i'm confused yeah. now i'm hurt no, I was in a movie. I don't know what it's called because they switched the name. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know what, if they finalized the name. Uh -huh. It hasn't it come before? out yet. It was called, oh, it's called Followers. Now it's called Dead Con. I don't know when it's coming out. Mm -hmm. um, I have two scenes in that. Played myself. Um, nice. And then I did a independent like indie film mm -hmm. and I'm not sure where they are on that process. Those were all in 2018. Yeah. So you know how long it takes to edit that shit. Dude, I have a film that I shot two and a half years ago, football movie. Thought it was going to be a slam dunk. Like it was, it was Remember out. the Titans. Yeah. It was like the new version of Remember the Titans. It hasn't come out. Yeah, it takes a long time. It takes so long. Imagine Avatar. Didn't that shit take forever? Dude, yeah. What about, was... what's that movie with Leonardo in the fucking woods? Oh. Res Revenant? Revenant? Uh, Revenant. Res Revenant? <laughs> Revenant. Re what? No. Revenant. No, Revenant. Yeah. We're terrible. What's at this. that? Del Toro did it, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, not Del Toro. Oh, I forget his name, but he won an Oscar for it. Yeah. It was amazing. That movie took like a year and a half, I heard, or yep. something like that. Well, because he was so specific about like shooting outdoor lighting and getting yep. it perfect. And, and those one takes, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, that first, the opening shot yeah. where that entire sequence takes place is fucking gnarly. It's nuts. Yeah. All right, man. Well. I feel like I have to take a piss. That's honestly why I want to end the podcast right now. I'm having a can really we, good conversation. Can we watch? Can, can the podcast? Should I Should I play the stream? I think we should play the stream right at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pearson, for being on the podcast. It was a really yeah. good conversation. Absolutely. I'm man. glad we got to like, we like started talking funny and then we got to like some serious shit. Yeah. Relationships, movies, acting, mm -hmm. all that. Yeah, man. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Guys, go, uh, go check out Pearson. 
He's a good actor. He's two movies that he mentioned. Two movies. Go, Go watch, watch his on TV Netflix. shows. Go watch The Bold and the Beautiful every single day. Follow uh, me on the social media. Follow, follow him. Uh, I'll link his stuff in the description. But that concludes episode 19 of Living Large. Yeah. Hit that subscribe button. Drop a like for some more podcasts. And I'll see you guys next week. Deuce. Hi, I'm Arusha Pires, host of a new podcast called Investing with IBD. Here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having. Facebook, you know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow through day concept. One of the most interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts, over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good. Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.